Hey everyone, welcome to the show. You're listening to Can I, the Latchel podcast named for the acronym Continuous and Never Ending Improvement. At Latchel, we have a deep belief that you can't get better by staying the same. And our podcast is here to give you the tools and resources you need to achieve healthy growth. As a Y Combinator backed company, we know what it takes to have rapid, accelerated growth, and we want to pass our learnings along to you. At Latchel, we help property managers and landlords grow and scale by taking over 24 7 maintenance operations. We've developed an innovative mix of software and on demand support to help do that. Each week on this show, we bring on industry experts and we dive into the topics that'll help you shape your business. Welcome to the show. Let's get going. All, All right. right. Hey, everybody. We're just wrapping up a quick conversation on uh, what Shay Shay means. And I guess it's Mandarin, right? Shay Shay is Mandarin. <laughs> or maybe it's every, I don't know. But uh, wrapping up a quick combo on Shay Shay. But welcome, everyone, to this session. I'm Ethan Lieber, the CEO of Latchel. And I'm here along with our guests, Robert Shu, the CEO of FinRet, and Cassandra Rose, the CMO of FinRet. Um, and our session today is on using technology to enhance the tenant screening process. If you're a property manager or a landlord, you already know the value of a great tenant, but you might not know the best and most efficient ways to find them. And that's what we're going to talk about today. FinRet was created to ease this process for all parties involved. But rather than have everyone hear about this from me, let's let's hear it from the horse's mouth. Can you give us a quick elevator pitch on what FinRet does and what FinRet is? Yeah, just really simply, we transform renters into house hunting professionals through education and by offering them platforms and technology to ease their search. So I'm going I'm to try and burn this down into small bits and you, you tell me if I'm kind of getting this. Most tenants don't know how to search for places. They go to Craigslist, Zillow, blast out applications everywhere, call out all over the place. And this is all about eliminating that process to create a more seamless way for them to? That's that's one of the five problems that they encounter. So, and I think that's what the problem is with the market is so often we only think about one piece of it. Mm. Um, there's five things that they need to know. Um, they need to know what their own credit is. They need to know how valuable they are in the marketplace. Hmm. They need to know um, how they stack up against the competition before they apply. That's our opinion. Um, they need to understand the rental pitfalls, right? Things that would prevent them from getting a property. Um, they certainly need to know how to navigate the market, but we're not the first people to like tell you to go on Craigslist and Zillow. But sure. they do need some handholding with that as well. Um, they also need to know how to protect their assets, protect themselves from predators, um, from misinformation, from getting in over their head. Um, and finally, they need resources. The, the whole point of this is that it's always been kind of a, um, I don't know, wild, wild west process. Right. Mm. You just you just kind of go with the flow and you figure it out and you hope somebody answers and you hope you get a nice guy on the other end. And then you hope that you get to apply before somebody else gets it. And it's it's like all this guessing and, and hoping and wishing. And then when you bring a deal together as a property manager, 
you're just like, whew, okay, got out of that one. Like that was exhausting. There was a lot going on. And we just want to yeah. streamline the a lot going on. We want to just really, simplify it. Yeah, it's fascinating, I think, from two angles. So first off, I'll, I'll say I recently locked down a place in San Francisco. So I was going through the whole application process. I'm okay. moving there from Menlo Park. And you wouldn't believe... Uh, how many times I accidentally went into these like spam, not, they're not even spam. They're like scam, scammer traps trying to get renters to send application fees and deposits mm -hmm. for fake, fake vacancies. Um, and then on the other side, you're right. There is no way for me to know how I stack up against anyone else, which means I'm going to be potentially applying to places that, maybe I could never even qualify for. And it's a waste of my time, but it's also a waste of the property manager's time, right? Because absolutely. now they're it's filing absolutely. through tons of applications. Yeah. So as a property manager, when you wake up in the morning and your inbox is full of all your applications, that's a good, that's a good sign. That means you're about to make some money. You did a good job marketing. Right? I love it. I'm all I, I, applications mean money, but there's a lot of stuff that you have to look at and process and cross your T's and dot your I's and make sure you don't mess up and verify and double check and check again and then ask questions, qualifying questions. How soon? How often? You know, who else is moving with you? How many pets? And so while I've always thought that property management isn't rocket science, um, it is complex enough that if you miss something, you can really waste a lot of time and money, not only of your of your own, but of other people as well. Yeah, well, property ma management is just this complex machine of hundreds of moving parts. You just dig it. Right. Like, I mean, I, I see maintenance most often because that's what Latchel does. And just maintenance alone is a hundred moving parts. You go to tenant screening, there's another hundred moving parts. And it's just like a new beast to kind of figure out. And I, I like that example because you're, you're getting people once they're already established. When we're on the front line of this, we're just getting all the masses coming at us. And, and then you also have to think about the human experience, which I'm really big on, um, is the emotional intelligence level of each client that you're dealing with could vary from one to the next. So you might get somebody who feels very secure in their own skin. They know their credit. They're fine. No big deal. You might get somebody else who's been turned down three times. They don't know why they've been turned down. No one will mm. stop to teach them. And they're acting out of emotion and they're freaking out, right? They're, they're accusatory or why isn't anyone getting back to me and what's wrong with, right? And all of a sudden you're in energetically reacting to this human going, hang on a second. I haven't even, I haven't even done the things that you're accusing me of. Give me a minute. But now you're on watch and now I'm already not liking the way this is going versus once we establish a tenant and we put them into a property that moves into more of like you're part of our team, you're 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 a member of our tribe. Right. So mm -hmm. um, I feel that maintenance is a tad bit easier than the application process because you have a relationship. It's, it's definitely easier when you're interacting with the resident. Usually, I mean, like, you still unless something goes way wrong. Yeah. Usually it's more complicated when you're trying to organize with the service pro providers, honestly, from my experience. Um, but it, I think one of the interesting things is you're, 
it sounds like you're creating security on both sides, security for the renter, um, but also security for that landlord or that property manager. And that in a lot of ways, it sounds like you're sort of protecting them from running into potentially fair housing issues by providing that data to the renter and giving them, you giving them that reason of, here's why you may have not gotten accepted. It's not for X, Y, Z reason that would give you maybe like, you know, license to go try and sue someone for like a fair housing issue. Right. And maybe, maybe that's just one part of it. Are, are there other um, components like that that you see as, as value adds on the landlord uh, property manager yeah, side? I feel, I feel like, and it, this, this has always bothered me, even, even when I was building my property management website, how do I talk to the renter and how do I talk to the landlord, right? Because those are two totally different conversations. Yeah. Um, you know what the one thing they have in common? They're humans. That's good, they're people. <laughs> they're people, and we tend to forget that. We tend to sit there and go, oh, well, renters this. Yeah. My landlords don't ever this. Those renters this, and it's like, you're talking about a human experience. So, so if we have 110 million renters in the United States and growing, I'm sure it's more than that now, um, that's one third of the population. And renters are moving, what, every year, year and a half, like clockwork? I actually and don't they, know the average. And there's, I do. Yeah, it's They're staying in the market seven to eight years before they buy. So you have this, this machine I'm curious, oh, has that constant. has that actually gone up? Because I'd imagine oh, yeah. now it's probably even longer than seven or eight years that they're in the rental market. Yeah, I might be working on last year, two years ago data. Yeah, I can sure. tell you for a fact, there are more renters now than ever in the United States. Yeah, and so think, uh, think about that. Think about what's one company that's focused on the renter experience that you know of in property management. If you give me another hour, maybe I'd think of one. Right, and and if <laughs> you think, and if you figure it out, or anybody mm -hmm. watching or listening um, has some ideas, please send them to us because we want to collaborate. Right. So the idea is, is if you have one third of the population that is turning and burning and moving on a regular basis, like we're all guaranteed, we're going to make money off this, right? Then why wouldn't we want to create an experience that's better for them? Why wouldn't we want to empower them, educate them, teach them all the things that we know so that by the time they go to the property manager or the landlord, you're not educated. The, the property manager is no longer responsible for getting somebody up to speed. It's not yeah. their job. We'll make it our job to get the people up to speed so that you can just do your job, which is agree on the terms, sign a contract and move into the property. Like, yeah, and just add on, uh, just to add on to that, it's the education piece that helping the renter that we're focusing on. But I want to drive home the point that it also helps the property manager. Your job isn't to be a teacher; it's not to be a coach. Your job mm -hmm. is to find the most qualified applicant. The time that you spend on the phone telling them how to calculate their year to day, or how to calculate their monthly income, how to read their credit report is time that you're wasting. Leave that to us. We do that great. Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I I see a lot of similarities between Finret and Latchel because our goal is similar to yours. Free that property manager to focus on the real important things, which isn't talking to a tenant about their credit report or or, or why they're denied or you know this or that. Right. 
same thing with maintenance. Like maintenance isn't a, a value add. It's a value add if you're doing a project project work that adds, you know, potentially rental dollars to the home. But it's not a value add to spend your time coordinating a, a handyman going out to plunge a toilet. Right. 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 And that was always my experience. Um, I was a very hands-on property manager. And so I've been pulling credit for 25 years. And so I, I like asking people, I'm like, Hey, when's the last time you pulled your credit? What does it look like? What should I, what should I be looking at? And they're like, I would say 60% of the time I would test people and they'd go, Oh yeah, I, I haven't really ever pulled my credit or I don't know what my score is or, you know, that on there isn't my problem. My, my brother did that. And I'm just like, there was, that was the beginning of me going, there is such a problem in America with the fact that people don't even understand their own value in a marketplace. Yeah. I, uh, this was probably four months ago, downloaded mint, you know, mint the app yeah. <laughs> for the, for the first time. And I got kind of like sucked into it and, and mint kind of is more of like personal finance, and maybe it's because I downloaded it four months ago and got really sucked into Mint and all the cool things it does. But in a lot of ways, I see some uh, overlap between what you're doing mm -hmm. for uh, the application process or the tenant screening process and what Mint did for a person's personal finance, where you're, you're creating the visibility um, on kind of how they stack up uh, compared to other tenants. And similar to men who says, hey, here's how you could do things to save more money, right. grow your wealth. It sounds like you're saying, hey, here's the things you can do to become more appealing. Here's Right. And they, we have um, Credit Karma does that now as well, where people can um, start pulling their credit on a regular basis. So they're mm -hmm. seeing their score go up and down. That's beautiful. We want people to be in real time pulling real data on themselves. What, what we don't want people to do, and, and this comes from my background in my 20s, um, I managed car dealerships and I was a finance manager. So I can tell you that in the auto industry, the less you know, the more money we're gonna make. So we basically made money on your education level. I know that sounds really crappy. I turned it around and now I'm empowering people. So give me a break. But, but <sighs> if you didn't know something, that's where I was going to get my opportunity. Does that make sense? If you don't understand interest rates, then I'm going to make you understand interest rates based on the way I want you to know them. If you don't understand credit scores, I'm going to teach you about credit scores while I manipulate you into your next. Right. There's no balance. Right. So so whatever your concern was, if your trade was the only thing you were worried about, we we would give you the trade and then we would manipulate you over here. So this is a this is a sales industry issue, right? This is like, this is no different than working with a mortgage loan officer, a finance manager, right? And so what I, what I always noticed is who are the people actually pulling your credit and judging you? What's their experience? Mm -hmm. How many times have they pulled credit? Why are we not pulling their credit and also analyzing them to make sure that we're on equal playing ground here, right? And so because of my ability to understand how to manipulate a consumer based on what they don't know. That's what became so passionate to me was like, hey, if you don't know what you don't know, let me teach you. What if I taught you? What if you walked in to get a rental 
and you knew your credit and you knew your worthiness and you packaged up even your problems with a bow, then you will succeed because people will buy that confidence. They will buy that, that ease of use. Like, oh my gosh, you know what you're doing. Oh shoot. I trust you now. Right. Yeah. But if you come in as a victim going, oh, I don't understand. And you know, everything happens to me. Nobody wants that. I have to imagine too. And you know, the, the run we've talked, we talked about this earlier, but the rental market is more crowded than ever before, more competitive than ever before, especially in, you know, some of the major metro areas like Seattle, where I, I moved down to the Bay Area from Seattle. Actually, when we met Cass, I was in Seattle at the time, right. but Seattle, pretty much everywhere in the Bay Area, Los Angeles, these are the places I've lived, but you know, probably the same in Chicago, Austin, Texas, New York, these places are crazy competitive mm -hmm. for housing. And to be able to go in with that edge saying, hey, I, I, I already ran like, you know, the, the tenant screening through FinRet. I know, you know, point one, two, three, four, like, I can go in here and crush it and have that in hand or how does that work? Actually, I'm curious what, what, maybe you can kind of clarify this, this process, like um, give me kind of like a visual for how someone would interact with FinRet, a, a tenant. Well, we can start with the tenant. Right. How would a tenant interact? Let me, let me start by giving you an example of what you just talked about. So um, I had, um, I was processing a high-end home in Bellevue. I think the rent rate was 6,800 a month. Right. And a um, couple things happened. First, I got the self-employed guy who has so much money that he doesn't think he needs to show me his income. OK, so he just tells me, I don't understand why you're asking for proof of income. Clearly, I'm worth a lot of money. And I looked at him and I said, no, you put a number on your application, but I need to verify that number. And I said, sir, you want me to be honest with you? it looks like you just pulled $1.2 million um, on a credit line. I go, is that your income? Is that what you're living on? <laughs> he was a little offended, but I needed him to get offended because he wanted me to compromise my standards, which is we verify employment on every single person or we verify income yeah. because he's an 800 score and he doesn't think he should have to. And so I, he and I went round and round and round. Now talk about how much time I'm wasting with an 820 score. Yes, I want to rent it to him, kinda. Now I'm on the fence because I got to deal with this guy for the next year, right? So I'm also paying attention to the emotional intelligence. Like, yeah. are you going to be high maintenance? And um, finally, we got to a point where he was like, can you just talk to my accountant? And I said, please, I would rather talk to your accountant because I think your accountant's going to understand that you don't just get Basically, I think the, one of the things people forget is that when you qualify for a rental, it's like getting a loan. You're agreeing mm -hmm. to 12 equal payments of this amount over a certain period of time. And if you don't, there's defaulting uh, you know, consequences, right? And so I think there's a difference between mortgages and car loans and then rentals where people just think it's a little bit more loosey-goosey. And um, so I talked to the accountant. And he goes, I totally understand what you are looking for. I can show you his portfolio is worth, you know, $8 million, blah, blah, blah. And I said, great, that's it. That's all I wanted. But I can't take a verbal. I have to see it improve. Yeah, of course. And so that's one example. There was another one um, where two high-end um, families were competing over the same property. And um, they were both equally great. 
Um, I always present both opportunities to my owners so that they can make a decision and they feel empowered in the uh, process. Um, when I told the other woman that she was turned down, there's always this moment of letdown. Like, are they going to be mad at you? Or are they going to blame me because yeah. I, you know, fight hard enough? And I just, and she was so kind and gracious. She just said, Cassandra, I am so tired of filling out application after application. Nobody's telling me why I'm getting turned down. And she goes, could you just look at my file and go over it with me and tell me what can I do to improve my odds? And I, and I did, I'd spend the next 45 minutes with her and I was like, okay, let's, here's what I would do if I was in your situation. Right. And it was a cover letter and a, and a picture of the family and explanation on the pets and like, whatever you have to do to gain that, that leg up. Bellevue sounds vicious. If, the, if that's what you have to do in <laughs> Bellevue to rent. Well, and that's just Bellevue. Right. And that wow. we're talking, this yeah. is, this is seven, 800 score people. So now we've got everything in between. And, you know, I know my partner over here has a big old heart. He's spent the summer talking to people on the phone, trying to figure out ways to best build our pl platform to help them. And his heartstrings finally got pulled because when you talk to enough, enough people that are so under-resourced and so confused and have no yeah. idea how to even help themselves, um, something changes, something shifts in you, right? And yeah. Do you yeah. have a couple ex like stories from those calls you made, Robert? Yeah. yeah, I can definitely share some. But first I want to talk about what the property manager gets because I think that was your original question. And it's honestly an amazing experience. Just imagine getting a pre-qualified, pre-screened renter who's ready to move in the next two weeks. The application is ready to go. Their documents are ready to go. Their credit report is already there. I mean, this guy is packaged up for a, a one-day acceptance. You could have that vacancy filled faster than ever. We, so, think, we think in the future, you won't have to advertise online. You'll just come cherry pick from us. Oh, that's cool. Okay, I see. <laughs> So right? you have like all these tenants already screened. And so rather than like throwing my listing up on Zillow or Craigslist, I could go to FinRet and say, okay, who in my area is looking for a place and meets like whatever bar I want. Yeah, you give us your criteria and we'll send you, we'll send you some people. Oh, gotcha. So I, I just tell you what I want and you're just going to like. In the future. Yeah. It, I mean, it's going to take a while for us to get those types of legs. But if we could be, um, if we could hold the largest pool of pre-qualified renters in America, that's not a, that's not a bad place to be. Right. And so, so you know that when you go in and cherry pick one of our people that, um, or even send somebody to that's that's maybe wearing on you and they're asking too many questions and you just mm -hmm. don't have the time and you're a property manager, you're like, listen, go to FinRet, go get educated, figure it all out and then come back to me. Cool. Are you focused on like a specific geography right now or region? Yeah, we're doing uh, South Carolina and Michigan, specifically uh, Detroit and Charleston areas. That seems so random. <laughs> I just have to say it because I know you're both up in Washington, right? Yeah. So why, how did that oh, happen? How did okay, so he's he's San Francisco, I'm greater Seattle area. And yeah. the, the platform is nationwide. What he was doing was testing out um, some of the, the lower demographics, low credit scores, high eviction rate area. Oh, okay. so, because okay, we wanted it. to know what kind of resources do they have? And he, he got his 
behind kicked because when you have somebody who is down and out and you're willing to talk to them, they will talk because they're, they're getting more no's than yeses, right? The more right. people are, are shutting the door on them. So when somebody calls them up and says, hey, let's talk through and, and all that, I mean, they'll, they'll spend an hour or two with you if they can, because you're the first piece of hope that they've had. Um, we, yeah. we're, we're in the metropolitan cities, though. I mean, we want to be for the high-end people, too, who go, listen, I don't want a property manager or a screening company constantly pinging me for the next item they want. I want to go get myself prepared and then just offer it up to the property manager. Yeah, and just to add on to that, like we were developing a process to get, I mean, I'd say the hardest renters in America approved and rented to. Now imagine using that process to the average family, the above income family, like if the process works for the hardest subset, it's definitely gonna work for the average subset and the above average subset. Yeah, I was gonna say there's, um, Robert, you know this, and uh, Cass, I think we talked about this too, but my background before Latchel was in product management, building software applications. And when you uh, look at UX and, and building you know, any application that someone's gonna use to get something done, you think about what's the most extreme case because I need to build for the most extreme. And if I build for the most extreme by default, it works great for everybody else. Um, there's a brand of uh, kitchen tools. I think it's like OXO or something. Um, they have this like really nice, they have these really nice handles. It, it's, it's another good example of this. I don't know why this popped into my head just now. I'm a little bit tired. So I'm having like crazy thoughts like coming up from nowhere. But um, they actually built uh, kitchen tools for people with arthritis. But this brand exploded because I don't have arthritis, but I want right. my you know panhandle yeah, to, fancy, to feel good. It's a kitchen tool, right? Yeah, so that definitely makes sense. Um, you know, we we kind of skipped going into your backgrounds, and I think it's important that we take a step back because um, I know you you both come from real estate and property management, but you've taken this real focus on the tenant, which I think is unique. There, We said it earlier, there are very few companies that do that. But uh, real quick, I, I'd love if you could just like in a few bullet points each, just kind of give give us like a, an idea of your background, what, what you did before starting FinRut. Yeah, definitely. I was a software engineer at Zillow and a real estate agent um, I managed some property for my family. So that's where I got my chops, kind of screening renters, collecting rent, doing maintenance. Um, but really it was my, I think, experience at Zillow that kind of made me realize like the software real estate tech industry really needs some help. Um, mm -hmm. I went to a couple of conventions like with Zillow and I, it just really struck me as odd at one of them. And this was, I mean, 20, what, 2017, mind you, they were demoing an application, like a, an application that you could use on your phone. It, it was an application like you could collect a, an application for rent on your phone. And the big thing at this conference was like, dude, we're on mobile now. And I was like, wait, like mobile's been around for like, I mean, almost a decade now. <laughs> like, we're excited about mobile applications. Things need to change. We need yeah. to connect. And you won a bunch of competitions at Zillow. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> like hackathons or something? Yeah, like internal hackathons. Nice. Uh, I just that, like I kind of had a knack yeah. for developing products that would. By the third one, he was like, "I need to go build something for myself." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> awesome. 
Um, and yeah, Cass, I, I know you talked about coming from property management. Any yeah, other kind so, of relevant details you want to so share? I, I managed car dealerships in my 20s and pulled tens of thousands of credit applications. So when I wanted mm. to reinvent myself, I looked at real estate and um, I like lots of I like lots of deals all the time. That's how I was trained. So this whole idea of selling a house every three months or every month, like that didn't sound good to me. Um, so I basically took everything I learned in the auto industry and applied it to the rental market. And hmm. that um, definitely ruffled a lot of feathers, uh, you know, 10 years ago. Um, I was very tech focused, even though I had no technology background, I knew I had this vision. And so like I was one of the first people in Seattle to um, do the keyless um, self touring boxes. And, and there was such a pushback. People are like, you can't do that. And I'm like, watch me like seriously. So, um, so I always love pushing. But now that it's like one of the most common right, things right. in the industry. Yeah. Um, so I always love pushing, pushing the envelope. Um, and, uh, let's see, I built a property management company from the ground up after I left working for the number one foreclosure company in Seattle. And, um, I built it from the ground up and got up to 300 doors at one point. And I think the highest I had was like 10, 10 employees. So I was learning everything. I was learning how to be a boss. I was learning how to be in compliance. I was, it was a lot. It was like a fire hose, um, yeah, yeah. but it was, it was a great experience. Um, I just sold my company, I think 90 days ago. Um, I stayed on as the uh, designated broker to kind of manage over it. Um, also, because mm -hmm. it gives me a, a shoe in to be able to still, you know, keep my, my tabs on the market. Sure. Um, but during that time, I actually was taking all of my profits and starting my own tech uh, company called Rent My Way. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, it was uh, portable tenant screening um, education. I wanted renters to be able to tell me their story so I didn't have to hear it on the phone. Um, I created um, e-signature lease signings of my own uh, three years before Appfolio came out with theirs. Um, so it this was, was with rent my way. Um, or was that? Yeah. Spirit? Yeah. That was my company. And, um, and you recently sold rent my way to Fenrat and that's yeah. how you two we merged it together. Yeah. I, I'd love to hear that story. I, I'm curious how, how did you meet? And then where did the acquisition come in? It was, it was a, it was a webinar or a podcast like this. Yeah. And I was I was working on my tech company and my property management company. I have no um, CTO. I'm outsourcing everything, which is a big mistake, everybody, if you ever want to call me about that. <laughs> um, so I spent a lot of time, money and resources chasing the dragon, if you will. And um, I saw this young guy on um, a podcast. I had just released my first product, the first product that Finred ever built. And he was talking about credit and he was talking about applications. And I was like, I was like, who is this? Who is this kid? And um, I awesome. reached out to him. Yeah. Do you remember which podcast that was? Yeah, it was in a, what was it? Door? Yeah, probably Jason Holt. Yeah. Door yeah. 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 I, I actually saw you on Door Grow, Robert. That's, I, that's why I asked. I was wondering if yeah. that was the one where yeah. you, know, you got introduced. That's awesome. And mm -hmm. by the way, for any of 
lot of listeners to this podcast that haven't listened, go listen to the Door Girl podcast because amazing stuff there. Um, okay, so you get in, you find out about Robert and Finret watching this podcast. You introduce yourself. I think I, I did. Think, an, I did an email. Yeah, and she's like, "Dude, what are you working on?" And I'm like, "Did you watch my podcast?" Like, I just spent 30 minutes explaining it. I felt like he was treading on my turf. Like I was like, I'm the one trying to do this. Where did you come from? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So then, I mean, she reached out and I was like, oh, let me show you what we're working on. I flew down to California, met with him, he and his team. Um, And then for our own reasons, um, we did not get together a year that, that year. It took us another year. He had to go out and try to launch a product without sales and marketing experience. And I had to go out and try to launch a product with really horrible without technical experience. After a year, we got smart. We're like, oh, wait, all right, you're good at this and I'm good at this. He called me. He called me and he was like, hey, we need to talk again. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's about time. (laughs) Awesome. So um, when did, was that? in the last month that you sold Rent My Way to Finret? Um, we, I think I just made the announcement here in the last month, but oh, we've, nice. been, okay. we've been working behind the scenes for so, well, probably uh, I have to say congrats, because that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm curious, what, what, is that, what does that mean for, for Finret now? It means that I feel like we were two separate pieces before and now we're a whole, you know, we kind of have both sides of the equation. We have the engineering side figured out. We have the sales and marketing side figured out. The good part too was that when we met up that first time, I knew right off the bat that our visions were going the same exact way. It was mm-hmm. like, I mean, it was mm-hmm. a narrow one-way street. We were talking about the same things. We identified the same problems. She threw facts at me and I was like, wait, I was about to throw those facts at you like in 30 seconds. And that's how I knew like we were kind of working on the same thing. That's awesome. And yeah, so now we're kind of just merging forces. Yeah, I mean- I, I I had already I had always heard statistics that said very rarely do single founders ever get funded and um, you've also got the the lack of um, females getting funded I think it was like six percent of females in startups are even getting touched yeah, that's um, a shame. but hang on it didn't mean I wasn't going to all the meetings and all the investor I really thought I had a forty percent chance but I didn't realize it was a lot less than that. So well, every founder thinks there's like a 95% yeah. chance their company yeah. is going to like but, be the best, right? Otherwise, no one like, would go into it. That's like one of the big disillusions or disillusionments of starting a company. It's like, dude, like I'm going to be a millionaire in a year. Yeah. And it's never that easy. I didn't think yeah. that, but I knew it was going to be hard. I didn't realize it, it was going to be as hard as what I went through. Um, I think um, there's far more predators out there than I was aware of. Um, there's mm-hmm. people who will take your money and promise you deliverables and significantly mm-hmm. under deliver under deliver yeah. and have no problem with it. And like, what's the problem? And I'm like, so there was a lot of um, time and resources that I spent um, spinning my wheels or chasing, like I said, chasing that dragon. Um, and so when I met Robert, Oh, it just took the pressure off. It's like, I don't have to think about technology. Like I can tell you what I need it to look like, what I need it to do, what I need it to say, what I want that feeling to be like for the consumer. Like that's my jam. I like, I like the human experience. 
because I like sales. That's what I've done for 25 years is, you know, kind of pull apart the human experience and package it up and give it back to them. And so that's where I need to spend, you know, my time. That's the highest and best use of my time. And so to have that technology piece handled um, allows me to get back into the education and get back into sales and marketing. And I think that was what was really cool about Robert too, is he had the tech all figured out. And sometimes he would say to me, he's like, I think we should do, you know, X, Y, Z or say this. And I would just, I would just sit there and go, no, man, like that's, you know, so we, we each have our own. Yeah. We're talking about highest and best use of my time. It's yeah. definitely behind the, uh, behind the keyboard, pumping out code, pumping out products, you know, although you're super good. Yeah. Your skill sets complement each other. Right? Yeah. yeah. He's super good at presentations. He he commands attention in a room where I'm I'm still a little nervous and like, you know, uncomfortable in my own skin. He just nails She's it. She's being modest. She, she <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> I'm saying the same thing. Um, I think that there's a point to what you said about, um, you know, it it being difficult as a solo founder, and uh, I. I'll just pick at this up for a second because a lot of our listeners are solo uh, entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, if, if we want to use that term. Um, much like you would have been, Cass, when you started your property management company. And being a solo founder is a grind. Like I'm, I'm blessed that I had two co-founders that started Latchel with me. Um, Will's been on paternity leave, and cool. you, you can notice he's he's been on paternity leave because you see these like extra bags <laughs> under my eyes. If you're only listening to this, you don't see the bags, but um, yeah, it, it's starting a, a business, figuring everything out. And when you have to do it all yourself and build all the skill sets everywhere and, you know, operations, sales, marketing, technology, IT, like it's it is a lot. a lot to do. I think there's definitely something to be said about, finding the right partner to start your company with. Um, of course you want like complementary skill sets and it sounds like you two have definitely found that, that match. Yeah. Um, so congratulations <laughs> to you there. I'm curious what's, what's kind of on the roadmap for, for FinRed? What, what are the next big things you have in the works? So we're, we're, fo my, my next project is focusing on free education and, um, for I would say for the last five years, I've been paying attention to click funnels and um, right buckets and how mm -hmm. do you get leads to convert. And, you know, um, I've, I've signed up for more programs than I need to. And sometimes not even because I believed in the coach or the product, but because I wanted to go through the funnel. Mm -hmm. and so really what I want to do is um, is create an educational platform that allows people to funnel through a process based on their needs. So I've identified uh, the dirty dozen and there's only like a dozen problems or hiccups that every renter goes through, whether it's, you know, credit. This is during the application process. Yeah, yeah. So, so they, they're they able to identify what their weaknesses are and then they're able to funnel through a free education system that actually, um, you know, changes their thinking or re helps them repackage themselves for success. Um, in the beginning, we were thinking of ways to charge renters for that. Um, and I just talked to one of my, this is pretty disheartening. Um, I just talked to one of my um, 
credit repair um, vendors. He's, mm -hmm. he's my right hand man. Like this guy knows everything about credit. If you're trying to get a mortgage and you need your score to be bumped up 20, 40 points, like he's your guy, right? And it took a long time to find a decent human being versus the predators. Cause we know there's mm -hmm. a lot of people that will take advantage of people who are, um, you know, credit challenged, if you will. So I was um, re-engaging with him and said, hey, it's time for us to get back together and really launch this credit um, side of the education. And he said that there's new rules that just um, that just got into place saying that they're trying to get a rid of credit repair altogether. So you can no mm -hmm. longer charge somebody for helping them fix their credit. So think about that. Now, they are saying that in six months, you can charge them when you can prove that you fixed their credit. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so it's kind of like, hey, go ahead and drive this car for six months. And this if you is like, like the, the predatory <laughs> protection that you're talking about. Right. So, but what I'm talking about is a fundamental misuse, mismanagement, and lack of understanding around how credit works, right? Mm. So, high school students are not coming out of any type of credit course, but they're getting $200,000 student loans right away. Right. Yeah. So, so we, America has no problem giving you credit, but nobody wants to actually teach you how it works, how to manage it, how to protect yourself. Right. Mm. Um, or how to fix it when, when something goes bad. I mean, I've seen, I've seen people go bankrupt and two years later, there's 700 scores. You can do it. It's super easy. Wow. You just need to know how credit works. And so um, my passion is really just breaking stuff down for the consumer. And finally, you know, that light bulb goes off or that I love it when like when people I see a lot of 20, 30 year olds, they'll sit there and say, nobody has ever talked to me like this. I have never had anyone teach me this. And like, thank you so much. And I know that that knowledge that I just gave them is going to serve them for a lifetime. Yeah. So, you know, free. Of, uh, so I went to Robert and I said, well, what if we can't charge for the education? And he goes, I don't want to anyway. Let's let's give it away for free because the product really is the screening services and, and our other concierge services. And once he gave me the green light to just educate people for free because it's the right thing to do, like my heart saying, I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. The education piece is going to be huge. It's driving back to how much time we're going to save people on both sides of the equation, really for property managers. Again, it's dealing with somebody who knows what your screening requirements are and know that they pass it before they start engaging you. And for renters, I mean, it, the, the benefits are obvious. It's understanding how to search for a place, knowing yourself, knowing the market. You might see little FinRet certificates coming out in the future where somebody <laughs> applies. That would be so cool. They apply and they say, by the way, I've passed the, the credit academy and the, you know what I mean? So they. What is your like ideal um, user look like coming in to, to learn about their credit? Do you have like a kind of. A renter. <laughs> yeah. is, there, is there like yeah. a kind, kind of runner, yeah. any runner? Or is it like so age kind of like. I mean. Well, I'll say why I asked you. I probably should have just started with this, but I'd imagine when I was in college, I knew nothing about credit. And I was going out and applying to my next apartment. I moved almost every year in college. 
So I was going out, moving to the next apartment, knew nothing about credit, barely knew what a like cosigner actually meant. Of course, I had to have a cosigner like the first year. It seems like that would kind of be like a natural place to to start to yeah. start or focus on. I'm I'm curious, like if there's if that if you found that to be true or if it's more universal yeah, than that. I'd say that our ideal client is really the one that's taking up the most of your time. Who's the guy who's calling you every day, being like, "I don't understand this. I don't understand that." The guy who's basically just giving you a headache, and that's who we want to basically take off of your hands and send through our academy, get them educated so that the next time they call mm-hmm. you, it's not, I don't understand this. I don't understand that. It's, I have my stuff ready to go. Like, let's do this. this is it sounds like property managers should just be like, anytime someone's like, hey, how do I apply? Hey, go get your your FINRA report. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's a double-edged sword there. So a lot of property managers um, um, either outsource their screening and have nothing to do with it which I tried to do that. And I went, Oh, it was such a disconnect. Cause How I was that done like through like Outfolio or something like that. No, Outfolio, you're, you're screening it as the property manager, but um, I would say a third party screening company is where you gotcha. send the application like off. And service all something. they do is screening and they send you back this report. And it's usually highly, not visually stimulating, let's put it that way, right? And I'm like- Just a lot of paragraphs. So then when, when I tried to outsource it, I would have to then um, try to decipher what it was that they were trying to tell me. Okay. And they always, the, the third-party screening companies always say, hey, but we're not we're not making any recommendations, right? That's not, my favorite part. We're not making any recommendations. <laughs> There's like a 10-page pamphlet, so, no so recommendations. Basically, <laughs> so basically, I sent the process off to you. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know who actually verified the information. Now I need to decipher it. This didn't save me any time. So that yeah. didn't work. Um, when Appfolio um, allowed me to start screening within my software, um, I was in heaven because, again, I worked at places where I can pull credit on on a dime and just be able to figure it out. And when I pull credit, that's where my questions are coming up. What about that? Why do they have two cell phones that are under collection? We all know if they get three, I'm not going to be able to get a hold of them. Right. So I'm looking for patterns, cr- credit and behavioral patterns that are happening. Um, I'm kind of curious, would would someone with Appfolio use FinRet instead because it provides them more assurance on so, the tenant they're choosing? So this this is the next part is um, the application um, portion of the business is a profit center for a lot of companies, right? Depending on what state you live in, um, you're not supposed to make profit off of the actual screening, but we know we have admin and labor and all that stuff. So there's going to be pushback from some property managers that are like, hey, man, I, you know, I'm making a couple grand a month off my applications. I don't want you. I don't want your applications because I want that income. Um, I get that. What what I wanted, what I'm saying is because I, I ran my own property management company is I would rather have my time because my time's more valuable than the 20 bucks or the 15 bucks or whatever, you know, that you're making on the admin side, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so for me, I want well-qualified, well-educated people who are standing in their authentic truth. I can, I take people with less than perfect credit as long as you're not BSing me. If you BS me, 
we got a problem, right? So I'm, I'm all about letting people have another chance. Um, so for the property managers that are listening to this and they're like, I don't know, I, I, I like outsourcing it or um, I like that income. What I would say is for every property that we put up for rent, we get anywhere from what, 10, 20 leads, right? Um, only one person's going to get the property. So you, yeah. and so maybe you pull four applications. So you get like 10 inquiries, four applications, only one person gets the, the, the house. So what you're doing is you're telling those other nine people, sorry, good luck. Bye. Where, where were you telling them? Sorry, good luck. So what I always love to do is when I tell somebody, sorry, I can't help you or sorry, I chose someone else. I always like to give them resources and say, Hey, by the way, here's a company that can help you get prepared for the future, or here's something you can do to better your chances next time. Mm. So I would tell property managers not to totally um, discredit FinRet if you've got your own system, let us use um, or hang out with your overflow. Um, let us incubate people that you wish you had a house for, but you don't. And then when you do, they come back again. Yeah, it sounds like a, potentially an awesome way to yeah be that responder to the hey no, you didn't get this chosen people, for this property people right love to hear a resource versus a no you just tell them no and they get upset well i think what companies would find too and, and i see this on so when i talk to a customer looking at lateral Oftentimes I'll go through their online reviews and I'll go through their online reviews specifically to look at like, what are tenants saying about maintenance? And that helps me know how much can lateral help them? What are their current practices? But at this, it's an exaggeration to say half the time, it feels like at least half the time though, I'll see reviews from tenants that applied, got rejected and now they're going and leaving a one-star review on your Yelp page, your Facebook page, right. your Google page. Right. And that may not have meant much 10 years ago, but today a bad, bad reviews on Google can mean the difference between bad tenants applying to your place and the good ones that you want to keep. Mm -hmm. And to have a resource like FinRet to say, hey, you didn't get the place um, and sorry about that. But here's a resource for you that I think is going to really help you, you know, find the home of, of your dreams, the, the the apartment of your dreams. That it turns like that potential for the one star review because I didn't get the place to maybe a five star of, hey, I, I didn't actually move in with them, but they were the nicest people and they helped me out. Yay! I can't imagine what it would be like to live with them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That. <laughs> That's, and it works. That's beautiful. Works. I mean, I've tested it. It works. Um, people, and we get so nervous with fair housing, right? That we don't want to say something wrong or, or rub somebody the wrong way. And so what I found, because this is really just a sales maneuver at this point, right? right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're also being a good human. But or it's like, a, it's like a, a, almost a customer service yeah. maneuver, which is, hey, sorry, it didn't work out. Here's something to help you. Yeah, it diffuses, right? <laughs> right. Do, do you provide anything to property management companies to, to help facilitate that? 
like a pre-canned message that they can just like copy paste into the, that rejection. We're in email. the works. We're in the works. We'll have that. That would be so just so yeah. simple. Well, one of the things Latchell did, and I don't know how much this would help the property managers and listening to this, looking to maybe uh, prospect on owners, but um, one of the things Latchell did is when we joined the property management associations and we looked who is there, we actually went to uh, property management companies' websites and looked out for uh, email contacts and actually hand wrote emails letting them know like, hey, here's what we are. This is like early on, right? When like all you're trying to do is get your name out and, and get someone to pay attention to you. And I could imagine um, property managers that are part of landlord associations in their community could do similar things um, with with email. But I'd imagine for, for you guys, it'd be awesome yeah. to just blast an email and say, hey, here's a cool little like snippet you can send when you reject someone, like increase your online reviews. Absolutely. And I like tying it to the reviews. I think I think the the kicker is, you know, I I was a chapter president in King County for a year and and got very heavily involved in the property management uh, community. Well, I wouldn't say heavily involved. I dabbled. Um, well, did, but, did you say you were president of the King County chapter? Yeah, I did. the. Well, that sounds like more than dabbled. <laughs> that oh, sounds yeah, I, like heavily involved. OK, OK. I was heavily involved. But what what I what I noticed is we don't all um, we don't all prioritize the same pain points, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. I'm trying to say this in a very nice way. So so what is important to one property manager is not important to another. Um, you know, it depends on if you're a hands off owner, a hands on owner. There's all these layers in between. And so really, we're looking for companies, property management companies and landlords that um, really can care about that consumer connection, right? If, if, if customer it's, obsession, if, right? Yeah, if it's just a dime a dozen, I don't really care. You know, I don't, I never think about renters, you know, you'll hear a lot of um, property managers where they're my, my landlords, my landlords, my landlords. And I'm always like, you got, you have another side of that consumer experience. It's called the renter, right? And so not everybody's wired that way and we get it. So we're not gonna win them all. Um, but there are going to be some people that have some heartstrings um, that that get pulled. You're going to see a lot of people, especially people like me, who fought really hard to build something beautiful for my community from the ground up. Right. Like these are my people. These are my consumers. Like when I would get a negative review, I would be devastated because my heart and soul was so involved in giving them a good experience. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really going to be for the property managers that want to um, shift huma humanity a little bit, who want to you know make it make a difference in the world. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's helping helping the folks out that you may or may not end up doing you know long term business with. I'll put business in air quotes, but you know I shouldn't put it in air quotes. Yeah. Someone renting the home that you're managing, that is business. They are your your customer. Right. They are paying you in it's, the same way that. It's like a, Maya, like a Maya Angelou quote. Um, people will forget what you say, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. 
So this is one of those moments where, and it, it does come back, you know, like um, I made a FinRET announcement on LinkedIn yesterday, finally cleaned up my LinkedIn. And um, I had renters reaching out to me and landlords reaching out to me. And they were just like, I've watched you all these years and I'm so proud and, you know, congratulations. Like, that's because I, I equally cared about all people during that process. It was, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't ego driven solely it was you know it was making a difference yeah i I see it a lot on my own side at at lachel you know we interact with tenants of course the the renters we interact with the property managers and we interact with the service providers too you have this like triangle that you're in the middle of Mm -hmm. you know doing whatever you can be to be as customer obsessed as possible to each each part of that triangle um, I think property management is one of the interesting spaces where sometimes it can feel like interests conflict, but even when those interests might conflict, you know, the tenant wants the thing done right now, the, the service providers like, fine, I can do it now, but I'm going to charge a hundred bucks extra. And as a property right. manager, you're like, no, don't go, don't do it now. I want to pay less than the hundred bucks extra. Right. So those might seem at odds, but I don't think it's ever at odds to do the 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 human warm caring thing which is to say no you're not going to get your way this time but I understand how you feel and you're providing this avenue to go even beyond that and say here's something that you can use to help yourself. Yeah. yeah. The education helps everybody and it's good yeah. for the renters and the property managers it's good for both sides of the equation. It's transparency. I love transparency because you know what happens in transparency, whether people like what they're seeing or not, right? Um, Transparency um, automatically creates accountability. So when we don't, when we don't know why something's happening, uh, the human experience, the, the brain will try to create a story. It'll go, oh, well, and you're I, probably I, pointing at someone else, not, yeah, not yeah. It's yourself. always like, yeah. it's like, oh, well, mm. this, this thing triggered me and now I'm upset about this. And now I bet those people are thinking this and they're trying to get one over on me and whatever it is. Right. So humans naturally go into a storytelling type of state. And with transparency, you're able to say, hey, check it out before you go into, you know, down a rabbit hole. Let me show you why this happens. This is why we do it the way we do. This is why we can't do it today because my owner is going to be charged an extra hundred dollars and you need to. Right. And so once you give people transparency, a lot of times they, they go, oh, okay, I see. I see it. I understand where you're coming from now. And that's where accountability gets involved. And yeah. accountability is where we have balance. It's equality, right? There is no hierarchy in accountability. We're all on the same playing field. And, and you avoid the unpleasant surprise too, yeah. right? Delightful yeah. surprises, all about those. Surprise me with like, you know, some chocolates or whatever. Right. But the unexpected surprise of being rejected for an unknown reason from the rental I would loved. That's not a I love surprise. it when they get rejected and they thank us. They're like, thank you so much. <laughs> Does that happen? Yes, because we we spend time with them. We teach them stuff. So they're like, I, oh, I incredible. It. they're not they're not mad at the world anymore. Not at us anyway. There's plenty of other things in the world to be mad at. Let's like back off property management a little bit. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I really, I really love what you're doing because I see it uh, for property managers being an amazing channel for them to take what otherwise is a bad experience for the community and turn it into something educational, but also delightful. Um, I, I think it's really rare to apply to a place, not be accepted to it, and to make that a good experience. But to hear it right from you that you have people thanking you is incredible. And I think, yeah, you know, everyone listening can learn from that and, and incorporate FinRet in, in that application process. But probably there's other areas in, in property management too to do the same thing. Um, we won't talk about that right now because we're we're short on time. And I, I want to give you guys a chance to tell um, everyone listening where to learn more about your products. So uh, Cass, Robert, where should people go to learn more about you, learn more about FinRet? Yeah, I mean, the best way to get a hold of this is just get a hold of us. Shoot us an email. You can find me at robert at finret.com. Cass is at cast at finret.com. Our website, if you want to see what we're offering renters, you can go to finret.com. And we have another page, apply.finret.com, which has uh, more information geared towards property managers and landlords. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Cass, thank you. Robert, thank you. And for everyone listening, thanks for tuning in. Head over to finret.com to learn more. That's F-I-N-R-E-T.com. Or email Robert, Robert at finret.com or Cass, that's K-A-S-S. For anyone that doesn't already know Cass, you all probably already know her, but just in case. Um, and if you're interested in learning more about Latchel, go to latchel.com. Book a demo with us. We want to talk to you. Uh, we'll talk about maintenance, and then you can go over to finret.com and talk to Robert and Cass about tenant screening. Um, and of course, if you want to listen to any of our past sessions, go subscribe to the Latchel podcast on iTunes, Google Play. Um, and next week, we're going to have James Barrett from Tenant Turner on the show to dive into streamlining uh, lease management. Um, Tenant Turner is also a, a Y Combinator company like Latchel, so I'm sure we'll have a lot of good stuff to talk about there. And uh, yeah, everyone, thank you. And again, Robert, uh, Cassandra, thank you both for joining and uh, have an awesome week. All right. Thank you. Take care. All right. See ya. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date. Hit that subscribe button. Give us some love. Maybe give us a five-star review, too, if you like what you're hearing. And I have an ask for you. I'd like you to go to latchel.com and click the book a demo button to schedule time to talk with us. We want to hear about your business, how you've been, how you're growing, how maintenance is going at your company. Maybe we can work together. Maybe not but you won't know unless you talk to us. So go to latchel.com, click the book a demo button. I'm looking forward to talking to you. I know the rest of our team here is. So go do that as soon as you can. Thanks everyone. See you back next week.